Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Daddy Hood with Colts and Underwood and Daddy Hood is so often misunderstood and Daddy Hood is so precious and good. The ride of your life is Daddy Hood. Welcome back to Daddyhood, the podcast where we talk about all sorts of paths to parenthood. Today, I am very excited about this conversation. I am joined by CEO Khalid Kateli. He has an incredible company, Legacy Sperm. We're going to get into that more, but I'm going to read directly from this so I do not mess up his bio. You ready for this? Here we go. Khalid is the founder and chief executive officer of Legacy. He is a former healthcare consultant at Oliver Wyman in Toronto and studied healthcare and public policy at Harvard Law, where he received a full scholarship and graduated with distinction. Khalid has previously worked at the World Economic Forum in Geneva, where he had his work on the future entrepreneurship published at Davos. Khalid is also a member of the American Society for Reproductive Medicine and the Canadian Fertility and Andronology Society. In today's episode, we're going to dive into the beginning of my journey to the path to parenthood. The topic is fertility. Here we go. Welcome, Khalid. I have been on this journey now for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. It started with fertility. And for me, it started in a very, uh, you know, just drastic in sort of heartbreaking and confusion and overwhelming experience with my fertility numbers. Right. Um, so I, I think, you know, just catching viewers and listeners up when I first went in to meet with my doctor, the first step is, Hey, we need to collect a sample to see where you're at. How, how, how is that process? I will say in California, even mm. which protects and makes you feel comfortable, protects your rights, makes you feel comfortable in the experience. It was the most unpleasant and, yeah. and I just did not feel comfortable. Yeah. You're in a doctor's office. Yeah. You're going into a room where everybody knows what you're about to do in that room. Yeah. Did they did they call it the specimen when they were talking about your semen yes. sample? Yeah. Specimen the specimen. Go I don't know collect why that the always... specimen. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, right here mm. in this room next to seven <laughs> other people who are going to watch me enter yeah. this door. And by the way, everyone knows exactly what you're doing in that room. Yes. They know why you're there. Yes. Yeah. And and <laughs> tr- the clinic is great. I'm very happy where I'm at mm. with my doctor and, yeah. and they've taken such good care of me. I don't, you know, I just don't mm. logistically know if like the office mm. could do a better job of being sure. more discreet, but yeah. it was very uncomfortable. Mm. Yeah. Um, and after learning about your company and what you're doing, yeah. it's exciting mm. because what can be so challenging and so mm. hard for so many people, you mm. have a solution to. Yeah. So I want to give you the opportunity mm. to talk about legacy. Um, 
as someone who's used it, I want to go over results with you that from, from my results mm -hmm. um, and just get to the bottom of fertility. Mm -hmm. So thank you for being okay. here and thank you for joining thank, me. Thank you for having me, Colton. It's great to yeah. be here. So mm -hmm. I want to start from the beginning. What was the inspiration of creating Legacy? Yeah. So it's interesting to hear you tell your journey on the path to parenthood because I actually had a very similar experience at a clinic. Uh, I was in uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts at the time and it was around that time that I had a really bad accident with hot tea and hot coffee. Spilled all over my lap, gave me second degree burns and made me worry that my fertility might be affected. Wow. Right? So you, you usually as a guy don't really think about this until your genitals are directly affected. Uh, and it's around that time I said, okay, well, wow, you know, thank God that wasn't worse, right? Yeah. A second degree burn isn't permanent. It healed after about a month and a half, but it was a very painful accident. And so I said, you know what? I know that I want to be a husband and father someday. So why don't I test my sperm, make sure it's good? Mm -hmm. Let me freeze my sperm and make sure I can use it in the future. So that's what I did. I found the local clinic. I literally Googled sperm bank in Cambridge, Massachusetts. I got some very weird Google ads And what year was this? Yeah. This was... Uh, it's like 2014 at this point. This is a long okay. time ago. Got it. Um, yeah, almost a decade ago at this wow. point. And so found the local clinic and had almost the exact same experience. And again, the clinic was great. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you are being asked to masturbate in what is effectively a large closet right. with a black leather couch. And with I don't know. People waiting outside yeah, the door. People are waiting outside. I had 10 minutes. They're like, sir, actually, we have a patient right after you. So, you know, yeah. you have approximately 10 minutes. Wow for the room and it, you know, there's plenty of time, that's fine, right? <laughs> but still, it's just, it's a very awkward experience and yes. everyone knows what you're there to do. Yeah. I remember I walked in, I turned off the lights and you know, the door didn't make it all the way down so there's like a little sliver of light and so you can see the shadows of people walking by, they're laughing, they're talking, it's a normal work day for them. Meanwhile, you're sitting there, you know, trying to produce a sperm sample or what yes. they call the specimen. Yes. So I went through the process, my results were fine, I froze my sperm, but first of all, I paid I think about $1,000 all in, right? Yep. Meaning it was not a trivial investment. Right. It was the most awkward or one of the most awkward experiences I've had in my life as you know, you know, having lived it yourself. Yeah. And I just get, got so fixated in this idea, well, um, why does it have to be to clinic? What if you could do it from home? What if you can make it more affordable? What if you can make it more accessible? What if you make people feel empowered about the fact they're doing this instead of feeling like you're sick and unhealthy and going to a clinic uh, how could you just totally revamp the experience? So that's what set me down the path of ultimately starting Legacy, uh, but a journey very, very similar to yours. Yeah, well, yeah. a journey is similar to, I think, yeah. pretty much everybody has to produce their yeah. sample. Yeah. Um, it, it just, yeah, I, I remember that very well, and, and same, Jordan and I went together. Yeah. Um, and then on top of it, you know, they, they do get your results pretty quickly. Yeah. We sat in the waiting room, waited to meet with our doctor, hmm. and I remember this, you know, he had the printouts of all of our results mm -hmm. and went over them. Mm -hmm. Jordan's, of course, were great. And then he gets to mine and I forgot exactly what he said. He was just like, well, you have a few that are moving. I can possibly make this work. And wow, it, it possibly was, make this I work. I mean, it was like it, wow. my levels were so low yeah. and just yeah. all of the different grades. And I've, I've right. obviously learned more now. But sure. essentially, I had to enter mm -hmm. sperm rehabilitation yeah. for six months. And And you're such a you're young, you're healthy, right? You would actually probably imagine that your sperm results would be phenomenal. So I, I was right. floored, yeah. to be honest. And, and the other thing that I think stuck out to mm. me too is like, and once again, love the clinic, love my doctor so mm. much. Yeah. It was 
all number based. There was no hand holding yep. during the experience. It was yep. no like, I don't know how to break this to you. It's like, yeah. well, pretty much all your sperm are dead. Yeah. I was like, oh, what yeah. is that? And, so, and, and they do it so often. They're doing it every day. To right. them, it's totally normal to say this. For you, this is potentially like life shattering right. news that you're receiving. Right? Well, and, and I, hmm. you know, long story short, we end up walking out of the clinic and Jordan gets to freeze his sperm and I don't. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. So okay. it, was, it was sort of even that dramatic too, where I'm just like, Okay, well, you know, our, our plan was to start with his DNA first anyway. So I was like, well, sure. all right, at least like we've got his collected and we're good to go. I have to figure out what I need to do. Yeah. Um, and we can get into that too. But mm-hmm. I, I was like, oh, shoot, that means I have to come back here. <laughs> that was <laughs> immediately in my head. I was like, sure. that means I have to produce sure. more samples sure. and I have to come back to this clinic to do it. Yeah. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that's, you know, when, mm-hmm. when I first discovered Legacy, I was like, this mm-hmm. is genius. Yeah. Yeah. This is what I needed. And also, mm-hmm. not what I needed, but I think mm-hmm. the queer community, because right. I'm in California, and, and yeah. we are protected in many ways. I could mm-hmm. not imagine if I had to do this in a Texas or a Florida or somewhere where I know, yeah. you know, there's mm-hmm. people that don't agree with your life and yeah. who you love and mm-hmm. the family you want to build. Right. Um, so can you talk about the impact that you feel like you've had right. on the LGBTQ plus yeah. I, um, all, everyone in, in our yeah. community? I mean, you're, you're touching on a really important topic because again, you're in California, super liberal, super open, open-minded. I always remember a phone call that I had with a trans woman who was, you know, born biologically male about to begin the transitioning process. Um, and she froze her sperm, uh, through us mm. in Arkansas. And she said, before I came to you all, I had gone to a clinic and first of all, it was an hour and a half drive away. And by the way, about half the country is actually in what we call a fertility desert, yeah. which means they don't have easy access to a fertility clinic. Wow. Right. Uh, and she says, I felt such a deep sense of shame going into the clinic. I was judged. I was looked down on, right? Because obviously very different than California. She said to be able to do it from home. Yep. Right, was just a game changer for me. And we hear that a lot from, I mean, men in same-sex relationships, like members yeah. of the LGBTQIA plus community more broadly, but just men in same-sex relationships already have an inherently more complex fertility journey. Yeah. Right. You're thinking about things like, uh, how are you going to have a child? Right. And so to have a way to test or freeze your sperm that is going to be humanizing, not dehumanizing, right? right? Like friendly and approachable, not super clinical and cold the way that you described. Yep. Uh, and then even just to make it affordable. You have yep. so many costs. If you're thinking about adoption or surrogacy or all these other paths you might go down, it's expensive. Yeah. Right. And so so any opportunity you have also to bring down your overall cost is great. And so that's kind of where legacy comes in. Can you walk me through? So, mm-hmm. so say... You know, I didn't know a lot about this. I've come yeah. across your website. Yeah. What is the steps and what's the process yeah. for legacy for a customer? Uh, I'll give you the short answer to the long answer. Step one, buy kit. Step two, masturbate. You're basically done. Perfect. <laughs> Easy, Easy enough. Easy. The slightly longer answer is, so you'd go online. There's a few different packages that you offer. You know, our base package is about $295. That includes a full semen analysis, shipping yep. to and from, you know, everything that you need. We offer telehealth consults for free to anyone whose results are kind of abnormal or below the normal ranges. Yep. Uh, because again, we want to provide that extra level of humanity and comfort and warmth yep. at a time where people are really talking about a very sensitive. Um, I, and yeah. I am yeah. all for that. Because I, that was one yeah. thing that I was just like, oh, they yeah. just dropped this bomb on me. Big time. And yeah. wh- I'm walking out of this clinic right. with m- more questions than I have answers. Right, 100%. And, and also, yeah. 
I was still mm. processing yeah. when I got my first numbers and results yeah. back where I didn't even have all the questions that I needed to ask. I just knew that I needed to start yeah. to work on it. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's incredible. Yeah. Which is, which is wild. And so, um, you know, so you'd pick a package online, you'd have a kit shipped to your house. Yep. So the nice thing is you're not, gonna, you're not at a clinic, you're not in a cupboard, there's no black leather couch, unless you have one at home, if that's your thing. Yeah. Um, you'd produce a sperm sample from the comfort of your own home. Uh, you then scan a QR code on the box. Someone comes and picks it up from your home. It's wow. that easy. Yep. We send it to our lab. We do a full semen analysis. And we can even do things like testing for DNA damage of your sperm. Mm. So we'll do all of that. We'll then um, divide your sample into two. Uh, and we'll freeze it in more than one location. So we have cryo storage locations all across the all across the United States. Mm -hmm. And so we actually have redundancy built in. So let's say there's a earthquake in Texas, right? You actually have half your sample stored in another state. Genius. Let's say a state passes very unfriendly laws around freezing sperm or freezing embryos, for example, you have your sample stored in another state as well. Uh, and so all of this is very seamless, right? Really, it comes down to steps one and two for you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Order the kit, macerate, scan a QR code. That's wow. basically it. And then, of course, you have access. We have an online platform. You get your results. Everything is very carefully explained. Here's what it means. Here's what you need to know. By the way, you can schedule a free consultation call with us anytime at all. Yeah. Uh, here's what you can do to improve your sperm if it is a little bit you know, worse than you had expected. Uh, and then on the other end of things, when folks have particularly strong samples, we also let them know. We're like, hey, by the way, you are actually in the top 10% of men like you, Incredible. which always makes men feel, you know. Just I could never. Feel <laughs> but, oh. and, and we're going to walk through my results. Yeah, I, I have sure. them. I'll pull my phone up towards the end of this and we can yeah. talk, talk through it. Um, and I did not use mm. legacy to begin with, but mm. midway through after discovering mm. and doing more research in, yeah. in my own fertility journey, I came yeah. across legacy, um, wanted to test. And so I've been through that process and I yeah. can say from using it, it mm. was the easiest thing I've ever done. And okay. I wish yeah. that I would have started with you guys <laughs> so badly. Sure. Um, sure. Yeah, and I, I think one thing that you know, I discovered mm. along the way was I've, I view myself as healthy. Yeah. I feel like yeah. I make a lot of lifestyle choices. You look that, extremely healthy. Well, I, I pride <laughs> myself on living a healthy yeah. lifestyle. Sure. And mm. I was yeah. one of the most unhealthy when it came to my sperm. Yeah. In your opinion, why, yeah. why is that and is that common? Yeah, sperm is, so first of all, sperm is typically an overall biomarker of your health. So you're actually right that a typical man or a typical person producing sperm, right, would actually, um, their sperm quality would be reflective of, are you healthy? Are you working out? All of these things. Yep. But there's a lot of things that men don't know affect their sperm as well. And so this can be everything from, you know, using hot tubs and saunas all the time. Like that yeah. heat is actually very bad for the scrotum, for the testicles, for yep. spermatogenesis or the, you know, the production of sperm. Um, you know, excessive working out actually can be net negative. You'd assume it's a net positive because you're strengthening your muscles, actually negative. There's a lot of, um, you know, chemicals, for example. So men who are taking testosterone, TRT, testosterone replacement therapy, mm -hmm. is actually extraordinarily bad for your sperm. Yeah. So if you're on TRT, it actually shoots your sperm production basically down to zero, making you effectively infertile if you're on TRT, right? We did a huge study, a nationally, rep nationally representative study of Americans last year. We published the results and we found that if men who are taking testosterone, uh, I think it was something about two thirds or 70% assumed that the, that, that the testosterone would actually improve their sperm quality. Right? Right. It's, it's kind of a natural logical thought. Yeah. In fact, it's shooting their sperm production down to zero. And so there's all these other factors. There's lifestyle factors, there's genetic factors, which mean that you may get results that feel at odds with how you live your life and how healthy your life mm. is. 
Yeah. Well, I can say that one of my first questions to my doctor was why? Yeah. And he goes, well, are you doing this? And he said, hot baths or hot tubs? Yep. Check. Yep. He said, are you working out more than five times a week? I said, yes. Yep. Am I on testosterone? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I was riding my Peloton still okay, pretty yep. excessively <laughs> yeah. and which I guess riding bikes yeah. is not the healthiest. Also not great for your sperm production. Also not great for yeah. you. And the, and saunas and steam rooms. Yeah. I so, mean, so you were basically checking I, all the I boxes. every single box. So <laughs> yeah. he said, yeah. here's the good news <laughs> okay. is we feel like yeah. we, hmm. like, we feel like we can get the, your numbers back up. Yeah. And six months later, um, I got my numbers back up. Mm-hmm. I made a bunch of different changes in my lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and we finally got them to a place where we were comfortable mm. freezing them. Amazing. But it, I didn't. Mm. I didn't know. Yeah. And and here's yeah. the part two to that question mm. is, the more that I started talking about this with my friends and my family, yeah, it was a, it's a little awkward to get into, right? You know, yeah. you're talking about sperm and and fertility, and you're letting people in. It was very very. I found it was so common. Yeah. And and for a lot of the guys to be like, mm. oh my gosh, I had the same thing. I just right. did. I'm. Right. carry so much shame. Men well, carry that, so much shame around it because exactly. it's not manly exactly. to not be fertile. Exactly. Men just don't want to talk mm-hmm. about it's that it's that it's their fault. Yeah. yeah. And I think that for me, I think, you know, I was stubborn in that too. When I hear yeah. the word fertility, I think women. 100%. And I think a lot of men probably think yeah. that way. Yeah. Until I think a lot of women think that way as well, by the way. Interesting. So, yeah. so, so in your work, have you seen yeah. What are some interesting stories? What's yeah. some interesting facts yeah. that you've seen around around well, that? Well, for, first of all, you, you hit the nail on the head, which is the average person thinks that fertility is a women's issue, right? That is an outdated view. That is a view that is fundamentally wrong. So yep. first of all, if you take a heterosexual couple that is trying to conceive, they're trying to have a kid together, um, about one in six will face infertility. One in six will not be able to conceive naturally within a 12-month period. That's a shocking statistic. Wow. One in six. Right? That's a very big number. And we get lost sometimes like one, six, seven, whatever. Has that always been that way or is this recent? It's it's gotten worse over time. So the WHO just released a huge study showing about one in six couples globally are facing infertility. That number used to be more like one in seven, one in eight. Right. So there's a lot of reasons for why it's going up and we can talk about that a bit later. But fundamentally, it means that many people in your life, right, or anyone who's listening, if they're trying to have kids or their friends are trying to have kids, many are going to face problems. Mm. Off the couples that face infertility, and this is fascinating to me, about a third of it is due to male factor infertility. Wow. About a third of it is due to female factor infertility. And a, the remaining third is either joint or unexplained. What that tells you is the male partner, again, in a heterosexual couple, is equally responsible for infertility or fertility as the female partner. And that just flies in the face of everything we've ever learned about fertility. Right. Right. Women are taught from a very young age, hey, when are you going to have a kid? You have a biological clock. You need to be thinking about this at a young age. You know, fertility is all like the burden is on you as the female partner. It's actually like, whoa, 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 hold on. Men are actually an equal part of the conversation. It does actually take two to tango, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're thinking about having a child, like whether a biological child or, you know, with someone else, but the fact is your sperm is actually very important. Yep. And that flies in the face of a lot of what we've learned. And so a lot of the work we do is really just educating people. You'd be, you'd be shocked at the number of uh, women who think that fertility is fully on them. And we say, hey, you know, the, the, we need to rebalance the responsibilities around family planning. We need to shift the burden away from women, bringing them all, you know, also onto men as well. Right. And we found that actually over the last few years, men have been more willing than ever before to talk about this topic, to engage to yep. be proactive around their health. They're still pretty bad about it, 
but it has gotten so much better, especially after COVID. So I guess yeah. my question to all that is, well, one, do men have a biological clock? Yeah. Men do have a biological clock. It's a little different than women's. Okay. So women's biological clock tends to be steeper. So 35 is kind of, there's a more steeper decline in fertility. But what a lot of men don't realize is actually every year you get older, your sperm quality goes down. Huh. And so historically, we thought that sperm quality did not go down a lot for men. Yeah. Then in 2018, a large meta study found that actually sperm count, sperm concentration is going down about 1% year over year. Mm. A more recent meta study that came out last year by the same researchers found out that actually sperm counts and sperm concentrations are now declining by about 2.6% year over year. Nobody's talking about this. Nobody's talking about it. I mean, we're talking about this. You're talking about this now. Right, right. Um, but there is this massive decline in sperm count. Now, I want to caveat that, which is, you know, as long as you're producing sperm, there are many ways through assisted reproduction that you can have kids. Yeah. But your odds of naturally conceiving with your partner go down every year you get older. Yeah. And by the time you're turning, I'd say probably closer to 40, right, that's the point at which really your, your fertility as a man has actually gone down quite a bit. Wow. Yeah. And I, I mean... I, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm going to have my doctor on yeah. a later point no. in this and I'm going to mm -hmm. butcher what he said to me in that moment, but mm -hmm. I sort of blacked out because yeah. I was like a little yeah. traumatized. I was like, oh it's, no. It's sh it's shocking he, news. He essentially, yeah. I think he, yeah. I remember him walking me through, like he would put my sperm into a mm -hmm. Petri dish yep. and he, my mobility mm -hmm. in my sperm were, yeah. was really poor. Yeah. And he's like, basically I can like get this one to work. Wow. And like he, he made like this little wow. wiggle movement yeah. and I was like, wait, get this to, <laughs> I was like, what? Sure. So... Sure. I guess like our society mm -hmm. has now forced our medical advances mm -hmm. to have to perform yeah. at an even higher level Correct. to keep Correct. fertility up. To counteract, actually, you're absolutely right, to counteract the natural declines in sperm. And if you look at some countries that are very progressive with things like um, IVF, which is in vitro fertilization, it's yes. a form of assisted reproduction. Uh, one in 10 babies in Denmark is born through IVF. Wow. It's a huge number. In the US, by the way, it's about one in 100 because it's so much more expensive yeah. here in the United States. But it just goes to show you that there's a lot of reasons why people are choosing assisted reproduction over natural reproduction. One of the reasons is actually your sperm quality is lower. You're less fertile than you were. You're less able to have a healthy child mm. relative to 30 or 40 years ago. What yeah. is the most fertile country? Ooh. This may not be the absolute highest fertility rate but I will say one of the highest in the world is Nigeria. And wow. I say this because at current birth rates, if you compare the trajectory that China and Nigeria are on, by the end of the century, Nigeria will have a larger population than China. Holy. So obviously there's a lot of projection involved there, things will change, but just to show you kind of just how low the Chinese birth rate is and just how high the Nigerian birth rate is, because I always think about China as being the most populous country right. in the world. Right, right, right. But actually that they're just totally going in opposite directions. And wow. so the, the Nigerians, if you are Nigerian or have a Nigerian friend, compliment them on their fertility. Just very <laughs> high. I'm, I'm immediately, I, I do actually. That was one yeah. thing I loved, yeah. I loved about football yeah. was the melting pot of cultures yeah. in the locker rooms. I actually yeah. have a friend who's from Nigeria. Yeah, and I mean, if he, if he winks at someone the uh, wrong way, pregnant. I mean, they're pregnant. Oh, gosh, I'm going to have to give him a call after yeah. this. Oh, gosh. Um, no. Where mm. does the U.S. fall on that and as far as rankings go? Is, mm. is there even a fertility yeah. ranking? There, there kind of is. So, so, okay. so I wanna, I wanna be clear though that um, total fertile rate or total fertility rate yeah. is a little bit different than um, 
So how fertile a population is is a little different from how many babies a population is having because there are many things that affect the number of babies you have that include yeah. like economics, yep. how much you know social support is there in the country, how normal is it to have you know five kids versus two kids. And yep. so I, I want to preface that they're imperfect um, comparisons, but I will say America's birth rate is uh, low on an objective basis. Okay. So you need about 2.1 babies per woman to have what's called... Um, uh, population maintenance, which means that your population stays the same size over time. You need about 2.1 babies. Um, the U.S. and most of the developed world is actually below that. The U.S. is about 1.7, 1.75, if I remember correctly, okay. which means the U.S. population is actually declining. And it's interesting because if you look at immigrant Americans, people who've immigrated from other countries, their their birth rates are more like 2.5 babies okay. per woman. If you look at Americans who've been here for several generations, actually their birth rate is more like 1.5 babies per woman. And so it's interesting because it's creating this bifurcation in society around what types of Americans are having more or less kids. And you're seeing this played out in many countries across the world. But if you look at, if you look at Europe, if I remember correctly, Germany's birth rate was about 1.3, 1.4 babies per woman. Wow. Extremely low. And when you get to certain countries in Asia, South Korea, Hong Kong, I mean, you're talking about birth rates that are more like 0 0.9 babies per woman, one baby per woman. Right? Huh. which means that they're getting half of the babies that they need to maintain their population size. So it's, it's fascinating globally. And but, my, my belief has always been legacy is solving a global problem. Like infertility is not an American problem. Infertility is a worldwide problem, except in Nigeria, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Your market in yeah. Nigeria is going to be yeah, different. Than it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a big market. Actually, we wouldn't have a market. Yeah. Uh, we wouldn't have a market. Yeah. Um, but it, it is a global problem. And okay. my vision has always been we should be serving all, yeah. all men, you know, people with sperm. Everyone all over the world should be testing or freezing their sperm. Yeah. Um, are you guys in the mm -hmm. U.S. only right now? We're in the U.S. only right now. Okay. Operate nationwide, though. Yeah. yeah. And you have different mm -hmm. freezing. You were saying you have different you know, freezing right. capabilities That's and right. storage That's throughout right. the country. That's right. I think yeah. it's incredible that you're yeah. splitting. Yeah. I want to go back just because I'm curious, too, sure. with trans women yeah. and their choice mm -hmm. to freeze their sperm. Right. When in the process mm -hmm. do they, yeah. do you know, like when in, is yeah. it prime for them to do that? Yeah. And um, just the importance of it mm. for, for yeah. our trans community. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll touch on the trans side of things. Then I, I want to talk a little bit about kind of the LGBTQIA yes. plus community yeah. more broadly. Um, but if you are trans, then you should be freezing your sperm before starting any sort of hormone replacement therapy. Okay. Right? Because that is just causing changes in your body that are going to affect your fertility, are going to affect your sperm production. Yep. So you should be doing it before you start any kind of hormonal treatments, certainly before any physical treatments. Got it. Um, and then if you are kind of just more broadly, if you're going to have a more complex fertility journey, um, you should just be, I mean, here's my honest kind of unfiltered take on it. If you know that you are gay and if you know that you plan on having a child or think you might want to have a child someday in the future, mm -hmm. you know, with another man, um, you should freeze your sperm right away. Like you're going to have to use that sperm in the future, most likely. Yeah. So if you're 20, freeze your sperm. It's that simple to me, right? Like you will be using it. Maybe you'll be 30 or 35 or 40 when the time comes, but you will then have a fresh sample that has been frozen for, you know, 10 or 20 years. Yep. That is the youngest, healthiest sperm that you've locked in in a moment in time. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know this, but you can freeze sperm indefinitely, like decades, maybe even centuries with no loss in quality. Wow. You and I could freeze our sperm right now and use it in 100 years. 
huh, which is weird. But uh, and yeah. and we know this because samples have been unfrozen after forty plus years and used to have twins, huh. right? And the sample was basically as fresh as it was the day that it was frozen. Wow, which is fascinating to me. Well, you, and you hear yeah. it all the time. I, I know when we were going through this process choosing our yeah. egg donor the age range that they gave mm. us for what a healthy egg donor was, yeah. we were blown away at. What, what did they give you? I mean, I uh, think it was, mm. uh, once again, I can misquote, I'll ask sure. my doctor when he's on here. <laughs> sure. I think it was like mm. anything past 24 yeah. was technically old. We, our, and our, yeah. I mean, I just was like, wait, hold on. I'm yeah. 30 donating yeah. my sperm. So what does that make my sperm? Yeah. You know, if, if 24 <laughs> is old, what is sure. like, what am I? Sure. And you hear, and yeah. there's so much pressure put on women. Yeah. to freeze their eggs, to make the decision if they want Correct. children, to do it all at, I mean, I've, I, I mm. am still growing and yeah. still growing up and still yeah. learning things. Yeah. I couldn't imagine having to, to yeah. make that type of decision at 24. No, we, we are, the, the, what you're hitting on is that there is a fundamental mismatch between our society and our biology. For our sure. society, and by the way, if you look at the stats around birth rates, um, a couple years ago, it came out that more women were having their first child in the 31 to 35 age range mm -hmm. than the 26 to 30 age range. That's a pretty shocking shift relative wow. to a few decades ago. Uh, and our society and our desire to have kids at a later age in life, right? So I'm turning 35 in a few days. Uh, I don't even have any kids that I know of, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I feel ready to have kids soon, but I would not have felt ready five years ago. Biologically, my body was ready to have kids, you know, 18, 19, 20, maybe even before then, right? right? And so physically, biologically, we're hardwired to be ready for kids yep. in our, honestly, late teens and early 20s. But as a society, we don't want to have kids until we're in our 30s. And so you just have this mismatch. And that's why we're doing so much assisted reproduction, because our bodies were not really wired in the same way to have kids in our 30s or 40s or 50s and so on. Right. I mean, I think my, my mom was 23 when I was born. Wow. Yeah. And now, you know, I'm... Yeah. And look at you. Look I'm, how you turned out. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah. I mean, I'm mm. going on 32 this month yeah. and then my it's, husband is... Capricorn 40. as well. Aquarius. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. Um, but yeah, yeah. It, and it's mm. just, it, it was really interesting because I always knew mm. I wanted to be a young, cool dad. Yeah. That was sort of my goal. Right? Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I loved football and I wanted to be a football player, but yeah. I wanted to be a dad That's more sweet. than anything. Mm. And I, I, you know, I've told Jordan this too. Mm. I, I think I would have around this time, mm. even if I was single, I would yeah. have gone on this journey by myself Yeah. just because I think I wanted kids and I wanted a family that bad. Yeah. And I, and I, mm. you know, I've learned so much and I'm continuing to, and it's just mm. like mind blowing where our society is right now Yeah. and how casual yeah. we're being about it. You are, you know, you're not alone in saying that. And there's actually been a rise in single parents over the years where someone who, you know, just says, hey, for whatever reason, I haven't found the perfect person. Yeah. I really want to be a father. I really want to be a mother. Yeah. I feel the same way you do, by the way. I, from a very young age, I was a weirdo among my friends. I used to have in college, I knew I wanted to be a husband and father. I love the idea of having, you know, a couple of kids. Yep. Um, and I think, by the way, there's an inherent narcissism in that. I think that you want little creatures that kind of look like you. Totally. Uh, and kind of act like you. Um, but even in college, I used to have a folder of like articles that I had saved on how to be a good parent. Wow. And so, you know, I totally understand wanting to have kids and knowing that you want to have kids. And there's a lot yep. more men nowadays who are saying, you know what, if I'm going to be a single dad, so be it. 
maybe I'll have a child today and then meet the right person in a few years time. So you're, you're definitely not alone in saying that. Incredible. And thankfully, you know, you found Jordan, uh, you know, it's not, it seems like you two are going to be wonderful together. Yeah. Um, thank you. You know, as, as, as parents. And so, yeah. Oh, I can't wait. I yeah. mean, we're so, so excited, but I want to continue too, yeah. cause I have so many questions just about sperm in sure. general. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, my, my favorite topic. Let's yes. Go. So, uh, I- hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Yes, just can you talk me through STIs yeah. and the misconceptions of mm-hmm. being able to freeze sperm. Yeah. If you have STIs, should you right. get t- tested before? Yeah. That's also a service you yeah. guys provide. And I, Correct. One, once again, something that I would much rather test for STIs and STDs from home. From home. 100%. And, and yeah. can you just talk about that process yeah. and what that looks like? Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of men, a lot of people don't realize that um, STIs can actually harm your fertility can permanently mm-hmm. impair your fertility. And so there's certain STIs like chlamydia, like gonorrhea, like HIV, that can directly impact your fertility. On a Others, DNA level? Uh, the DNA, I'm not the best person to talk about the biology of how it causes got it, it got but it, got I, it. I can tell you, you know, chlamydia, gonorrhea, HIV, all can permanently impair your fertility. Um, other STIs like herpes, um, like uh, hepatitis, like syphilis can indirectly affect your fertility as well. So okay. they could actually prevent you from being able to have a child in the future. So what I always say is if you are part of a community that for whatever reason is more exposed or more likely to be exposed to an STI, yep. you should absolutely be freezing your sperm you know, without having had an STI. That said, if you do have an STI, then you can still freeze your sperm. Okay. In our case, what we do is we actually store them in separate tanks from samples that are not STI positive, but you can still freeze a sample, you can still use the sample in the future, but there will be additional hoops that you will have to jump through with your clinic when the time comes. Okay. Uh, there's just, you know, your partner of course would need to be made aware and so on and so forth. So just, you don't want to go through that process. Right. Ideally. Right. You can if you need to, but that's why we recommend freeze your sperm if you're engaging in any behaviors that may lead to an increased risk of STIs. Got it. And then as STIs and mm-hmm. HIV, are they treated mm-hmm. the same in, in mm-hmm. the fertility journey or are they treated any, any STI is treated basically okay. as you store it in a separate, uh, in a separate cryo storage container. Got it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get into the questions. Let's go. I'm, uh, I'm excited right. for this to see, uh, to see how I do. I think you're going to okay. probably nail this. <laughs> for the um, record, I haven't seen these questions. I haven't either. I don't know what the questions are. Great. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's I'm going to let you kick it off. Here we go. <laughs> this is going to be fun. All right. Uh, Colton, true or false? Semen and sperm are two different things. Are two different? True. They're different. They are different. Uh, Semen is the fluid that comes out. It's what contains the sperm cells. Uh, Only three to five percent of semen actually has sperm cells. Sperm is what we think of as you know the stuff that the motion that your doctor made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Right. What what wiggles under a microscope? That's sperm. Semen is a mix of different things, but. it's more, the seminal fluid, what comes out is more than just sperm. Okay, so, got yeah. it. Hmm. The more you know. I got one right, I'm one for one. All right, <laughs> nice. here you go, throwing it back okay. to you. Okay. How many times bigger mm-hmm. is a rat's sperm than a human <laughs> sperm? <laughs> I actually have no idea. 
I don't know. It's five yeah. times bigger. A rat has five times bigger sperm than a guy. <laughs> than a that than especially yeah. living in a city like New York. That is a terrifying. That's why thought. there's so many the rats. They're eating. It's all the feeds. Oh, they're eating. look at that! Okay. That's why they're so successful. <laughs> all right, back at you. Um, is a child's biological sex determined by the sperm or the egg? Ooh. Hmm. Is both an answer? Nope. It's not. Isn't the egg? No, it's the sperm. <laughs> it is the sperm. So the sperm. It is the sperm. So, so the sperm can either carry a female X chromosome or a male Y chromosome. And so the, the chromosome will either be XX and therefore will be female or it will be XY and therefore will, will be male. And so wow. it is actually the sperm that determines if it is X or Y. As a side fun fact, um, the X chromosome and the Y chromosome actually uh, weigh different amounts. Okay. And so there are ways that you can try to separate out sperm by weight to try to separate out those which are X chromosome versus those that are Y chromosome and therefore try to influence the likelihood that you would have a boy or a girl. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to say something that's, I know I'm going to get made fun of for saying this, sure. but when I was growing up, mm -hmm. I used to think mm -hmm. whoever put in more effort during sex, yeah. <laughs> whichever gender put in nice. more effort during sex nice. was the one who won the, nice. the baby. Oh. And also, I think of importance too for, you know, the gay community, yeah. because I know, you know, mm -hmm. at times mm -hmm. when you're paying a lot of money to go yeah. through this process, yeah. I know of friends who mm -hmm. were like, I want, you know, boys or yeah. I want girls or right. I want, you know, right. and they do have the mm -hmm. capability. So you're saying they do yeah. have the capabilities to at least give you a better percentage or a better shot yes. to make male or female yeah. embryos. So there's a, there's a couple of different things that I, I want to preface this by saying what you're describing is called sex selection, which okay. is actually illegal in almost every country in the world. Wow. The USA and the United Arab Emirates are two of the very few countries that allow it, but it's actually outlawed in most countries because they don't want you deciding if you want to have a boy or a girl, especially in cultures where certain cultures have a preference for having a boy. Right? And so you don't yeah. want to be in a situation where every couple is choosing to have one gender over the other. That's um, interesting. So it's, it's super fascinating. The U.S. is one of the very few countries that actually allows So there's only it. two, the U.S. and you there might There might be others. Those are, okay. those are the two big ones that I know off the top of my head. Uh, but it is wow. a very, very small number of countries that allow it. Interesting. Uh, and so the way you would do it actually is you would bring the sperm and the egg together. You would create the embryo. Yep. And then you can actually screen the embryos for what gender that embryo is. In other words, does it have an X or a Y chromosome from the sperm? Yeah. And you could screen them accordingly and say, okay, well, here you have four male embryos. You have four female embryos. Which would you like to use? Do you have a preference on gender? Got it. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. All right. My second question. It's not about rats, is it? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm moving off of rats. Okay, good, good. Why is mm -hmm. semen sticky? I actually think, I, I don't know the scientific answer for this. I would guess it's the proteins. Uh, and I know that they're in particular to get stickier when it's activated by heat. Okay. Uh, so that's what I would guess. I'm not sure if that's right or not, though. It's, it's, you're close. Yeah. it's glucose. Okay. It's a glucose. Okay. It's because it has glucose yeah. in it, okay. which is yeah. sugars, right? Sugar. Okay. Yeah. Sugar. So the sugar yeah. and protein. Sugar and you're, protein. You're, it's, you it's, were it's on to part something. Of, part of a healthy meal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Do sperm prefer cool or warm climates? Warm. Why, why do you think that? Because I, I feel like if you're answering mm -hmm. if the human body runs hot or cold, we're hot. Mm-hmm. And hmm. excessive heat is poor for it. Yep. So I would say hot because yeah. it 
So, yeah. uh, so sperm does not want to be exposed to saunas and hot tubs, okay. right? And so what a lot of people don't know is the reason the, the scrotum hangs away, the testicles descend and hang away from the body, yep. is that they're actually at a slightly lower temperature than the rest of the body. Uh, okay. And so that's why something like biking is bad for your sperm, because it's actually keeping your testicles right by your body for the duration of the bike ride. Interesting. And so that heat negatively affects spermatogenesis, like the production of sperm. Uh, and so sperm actually wants to be a little cooler than room temperature. Wait, so yeah. I bet this was not on yeah. many people's bingo cards for 2024. <laughs> it was Colton talking about ball sack Let's temperature. <laughs> um, is the ball, yeah. is the scrotum, yeah. I, I should use the proper yeah. anatomy yeah. words, <laughs> is the scrotum a different temperature mm -hmm. than the rest of the male body? Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, a little bit cooler. It is a little bit cooler. cooler. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's why, it's why it hangs. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so proud of my body. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really doing its thing. It's fascinating. Oh. All right. If one testicle is lost, yeah. can you still reproduce with one? You can still reproduce with one testicle. Well, it, does it change yeah. your count? That's an interesting question. Uh, I actually would. I'm not, I'm, I would not I would, hold you to it. Yeah. So. I would, I would guess, take this with a grain of salt. I would guess that it would impair sperm production as a whole. But you would definitely still be able to conceive. Okay. No. Going off of testicles, why is, and I'm sorry to the, <laughs> the women in here, mm -hmm. why is one testicle mm -hmm. larger than the larger other? Larger than the other? Uh, I don't think there's any real reason for it. I think it's the same way that women will have one breast larger than the other. I think oh, it's just natural, um, natural development of the body. Okay. But there's, as far as I know, there's no scientific uh, reason behind it. Got it. Yeah. Cool. Always just been yeah. curious. Yeah. <laughs> I love getting into this. You know, how long does it take for a single sperm to be produced? Mm, just one. Yeah. Well, because I know were, when you see your body was starting today. Yeah. How long would it take for you to produce sperm? Well, I'm assuming because I've seen some of my numbers off of my tests that I have mm. like millions and millions of sperm. sperm. So just yeah. to make one, yeah. is it a second? Yeah. So interestingly, it's actually the other way around where it takes the body, the full spermatogenesis cycle is about two and a half to three months. So in other words, that's how long it takes for your body to produce sperm, which means that lifestyle changes that you're making today might not actually show up in your sperm parameters for two yeah. and a half or three months. Uh, and so let's say you start eating super healthy, you're working out the right amount, yeah. you, know, you switch to a Mediterranean diet, which is one of the best, you won't see the results right away. That's why it took me six yeah. months to rehabilitate my, like they we, wouldn't even take my correct. samples for yeah. that we, we three or say four. A semen analysis is a snapshot in time huh. uh, and it is accurate but imprecise. And so you'll typically want to come back. You'll make lifestyle changes. You'll come back after a few months. You'll test it again. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then is it ever, so like if I got in the hot tub sauna yeah. and completely deep, yeah. you know, like can you completely yeah. be com sterile from in, like in, if you sauna theory, too much? I've always thought this is fascinating, and I'm actually I'm meeting tomorrow uh, in San Francisco with a guy who who's developing uh, a contraceptive for men. Okay. But there's always been this interesting question, well, if we know all these lifestyle changes can improve your sperm quality, what if you went the other direction? Mm. So in theory, first of all, if you started taking TRT, you're yep. basically infertile. Yep. If you did sauna, hot tub, hot bath every day, um, if you had fast food and junk every day, yep. if you wore really tight, underwear that is ideally um, 
uh, not nylon, what's it, like polyester. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it would very negatively impact your The one thing I have going yeah. for me is I, yeah. I go commando. So okay. I feel like that that's healthy. Are you healthy. commando right now? Yes. I think the viewers want to know. That, <laughs> yes, I am guilty of being commando. <laughs> the only time yeah. I don't go commando is when I work yeah. out. Okay, nice. Just I think for the people, obvious the reasons people there. The people at the gym probably appreciate the that. The people or at don't. the gym. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's a mixed, a mixed <laughs> little, crowd little these this, days. A little bit. Oh, uh, shoot. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, back to me. Okay. Can dead sperm mm-hmm. still make babies? Ooh, this is interesting. Um, I'm going to give two answers to this. So first of all, there's something called posthumous sperm extraction, okay. which is when someone dies, you can immediately go in to mm-hmm. extract sperm and then use that to have a child if you do it within a certain time window. So the military right. sometimes does this, right? Mm-hmm. Someone gets killed in action. You can still actually preserve their sperm and yeah. use it for, uh, to have children in the future. Um, if the sperm itself is not moving, it's not motile, there are still ways to have a child. It's just much more difficult. I know that much. Yeah. Um, so that would be my answer. Okay. But we freeze the sperm for the Navy SEALs. Okay. We freeze the sperm for the Green Berets. Wow. We freeze the sperm, test and freeze for veterans. We work okay. a lot with the U.S. military, which makes sense when you think about it, because these are people who are exposed to the risk of being wounded in action, killed yep. in action, chemical exposures, burn pits, all the stuff which is terrible for your fertility. Is that covered by the government? So it is if you get, so there's, there's nuance to it, but you yeah. would have to get a semen analysis, which you can actually do through us, yep. right, to help validate that you would need that. Um, but the general stat is that men in the military are twice as likely to face infertility as a civilian, someone who's not in the military. Mm. There's a lot of reasons. So, so those are some of the reasons why. But we work a ton with the military for that reason. And a lot of the times, a lot yeah. of times they will ask us, hey, what happens if I'm killed in action? Can you still use my sperm? Wow. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. I, I would think mm-hmm. it would be a no-brainer for most men. It makes a ton of sense. And the answer is yes, but you have to sign. We have very specific yes, yes, yes. regulations. We call it the bequeathment form, yeah. which is you, you have to pre-authorize, of course, and notarize and yep. sign and everything that your partner would be entitled to use your sperm in the case of your death. Yeah, so it, yeah. that was another interesting thing that Jordan yeah. and I experienced that mm-hmm. nobody preps you on. Yeah. We went straight from... Mm-hmm him freezing his sperm mm. and us making all these decisions into another room with yeah. a notary yeah, tons to of sign legal documents. all, tons. I mean, it took yeah. us 45 minutes to yeah. sign the documents Wow, and mm. it actually legally mm. changes between 24 to 48 hours to 72 hours. The okay. windows yeah. even changed who goes wow. where, what happens if we both pass yeah. at the same time simultaneously. Oh, wow. Right. So we were Car signing or something and nobody prepared so, us. And it's so morbid. It's so morbid. It's it was so, so he- we took, yeah. I remember we took the rest of the day off. We yeah. went and we thought yeah. we were casually going to go. Yeah. I'll say it like this, jerk yeah. off into cups I mean, at noon yeah. <laughs> and walk out at one and be yeah. like skippy and happy. Yeah. We left the facility at three and wow. we were like so it's emotionally heavy. drained. It's heavy. We took the rest of the day off Jeez, because we had to sit there and fill out forms of like thinking through for the first time. Yeah. If we pass, yeah. who has access to our sperm? Oh God, Do we want wow. them to be able to make kids? We, and we were like not prepared to answer those questions and had yeah. to talk about it in that room for the very, very first time. Wow. So I think that was another thing. You know, as, as You're people just not are prepared for, as people are talking about this, is mm. being able to take the take the time yeah. and to also educate yourself of this is a larger mm. decision. It's not an yeah. easy. I'm going to go jack off into the cup and be done for the day. Sure, it's sure. a it's a heavy moment. It really is. It really is. Um, wow. And also, just why you know mm. I wanted to do this because mm. I think there's yeah. so I had so many questions. I still mm. do. Yeah. And a lot of my family members and mm. friends do as yeah. well. 
Wow. So can can you talk a little bit about legacy and what yeah. you are doing to help one just mm. for the public because yeah. I still think there's a lot of stigma around there reproduction. Is. I still think there there's is. a lot of shame for men around mm. fertility. Yeah. What are you guys doing as a company yeah. to help that? Yeah, it's a good question. There's a lot of education and awareness involved uh, that that's involved in this. So. A lot of it is even on the science side. We fund yep. studies, we run studies. You know, we had a collaboration with Harvard University that we published last year. So a lot of it is simply educating people around sperm, right? Yep. And, and typically, someone who's in um, who's in the world of press, you know, it, it's it's interesting and it's novel to hear about the decline mm -hmm. in sperm counts. It's something that people need to hear. The second is we invest a lot of time in just educating people, right? Going on podcasts like this one, right? Who reach people who who might not otherwise be exposed to this kind of information, right? You have a very uh, you have a very special kind of target audience from from over the years, um, so certainly that's a big part of big part of our role. And then the third is, how do you normalize this? Right, right. How do you get celebrities to invest in your company and maybe talk about why they're testing or freezing their sperm? And not a lot of people know, but stand-up comedians have been starting to talk more and more about sperm. So. Um, in their materials or just in, their, in general? In their materials. So really? Mike Birbilia did a hilarious bit about it. Hassan Minaj did a bit about having basically being infertile and what he did okay. um, to actually treat it. Uh, Jimmy Carr had a hilarious set about this. And this is stuff you wouldn't have seen three, four, or five years ago. And so right. I see part of our role is helping encourage and facilitate these kinds of conversations. And in particular, anything that can use uh, humor to shed light onto a very serious topic. And yeah. Something I always say is um, sperm is funny, right? Until it's not. Yeah. Right? Sperm is funny when you're 13 and you're in the locker room, right? Until you're trying to have a child with a person you love the most in the world. Right. So that's how we think about Until it. Until you're yeah. mature enough to handle yeah. it. And exactly. Like, you, know, exactly. you still giggle. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm guilty yeah. of it too, even here today. You know, yeah, I am too. I've been doing this a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a funny thing. Yeah, it is. Um, it is. I, I want to go over my results with you. Okay. I'm going to pull out my phone and, and pull it. up the, the data. Um, I think that's part yeah. of it. I think it's not great. I mm. will tell you that. Yeah. Um, a lot of yeah. my indicators were low. Mm -hmm. um, but I do feel like it's, I mean, I've always been an oversharer mm -hmm. and I've grown up in front of the public. So I think it's, you know. It, it is so important you're doing this, by the way, for other men who maybe aren't as in good shape or as fit or handsome as someone like you to look at to look at you and say, hey, you know what? He's being open about this. This gives me a lot of room and comfort to be able to talk about it myself. Yeah. So just honestly, kudos to you well, for being willing to share. And I, I also have to interject um, for my legal team strangles me. I yes. need to interject with a little disclaimer. You know, the kind Great. of the end of pharma commercials that are like perfect, right? Um, Can you do it as fast? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I'm not a medical doctor. What I will share is not medical advice. I can only comment on any information that you choose to share. So I'm not going to volunteer, of course, any of your personal health information. I can only yep. react to what you share. Uh, and anything I say should not be taken as medical advice, but simply the perspective of someone who's been working in the world of sperm for you know six, seven years at this yeah. point. And I think it's also yeah. important, you know, I, mm -hmm. I brought this up to you previously and no. I said, yeah, you can just bring my results. And you're like, I yeah. actually don't get your name. Correct. We, I actually did not know you had done it. Okay. Uh, we anonymize everything. I have friends will come to me and say, hey man, I used your service. I'm like, I actually had no idea. I can't go and get your results unless like we have to go through a special process for anyone outside of your immediate team yeah. that is handling your results. 
to get the results. And and we do this because we work a lot with celebrities, yeah. big tech CEOs, a lot of people whose names you would know. And right. it is extremely important to me that we have like the highest level of data privacy. So yeah. I actually did not know until you sent me the screenshot of your results. That's only when I saw them for Got the it. first time. Well, it's it's so. interesting because that's, I mean, yeah. for Jordan and I, it's mm. really important. Yeah. We're not, uh, yeah. we're stepping back into being a little more public. Yeah. We yeah. love mm. our private life right now and sure. we love being selective. And also sure. we, I think mm. what I've learned over my years, because mm. I've been a very public person and then I sort right. of went in hid yep. for a while and then sure. I can't, you know, <laughs> sure. I think it's, it's healthy to celebrate little moments and to yeah. also like just take time to process things and with privacy yeah. and then share it right. with the public when you feel if it's, a, it's right. appropriate. So right. that's what I'm going to do. So I'm going to walk go. through what I will say is after going through the process mm -hmm. with legacy, yep. it was so seamless. The results were in within 48 hours for me. Yep. The optics in the bar mm -hmm. and is just it's really yeah. well done. The interface is incredible. So congrats. Thank you. Um, I'm going to start in the upper left box with mm -hmm. my total count. Yep. So my total count is 29.17 million sperm, mm -hmm. and on the range it's low. Yep. What is average and what is um, numbers you typically yeah. want to see there? So uh, there's something called the WHO manual. The World Health Organization basically has what is deemed to be normal or abnormal ranges for different. Um, uh, for each of your semen parameters. I mean, typically you'd want to be producing at least, uh, call it 39 million sperm count based on the most recent, uh, based on the most recent WHO manual. Okay. What I will say is this, that before we dive in, and what's important for anyone to hear is the normal parameters for semen um, are actually pretty far off from mm. what we see with most men. And to, to drive that point home, there was a study in Switzerland of men, Swiss men in the military, so young, healthy, you know, peak physical condition, all of whom produced a semen sample for the military as part of their kind of basic training. Um, and about two thirds of those men came back with at least one semen result mm -hmm. or, or kind of parameter result that was below the normal range. So just to say, no one should be shocked if they have one or even two yep. semen parameters that are below the normal range. We typically look at things in totality to get a sense of, okay, as a whole, Got it. Uh, how do we feel about your sperm sample? So all to say, you said about 29.7 million sperm count. That's a little on the lower end, Got but it. you're still producing tens of millions of sperm, which right. is good. So yeah. just curious, because yeah. I obviously know hmm. it takes three months yeah. for the life of your mm -hmm. sperm. Correct. How many sperm yeah. are currently like in me? Because like yeah. obviously you mm -hmm. can jack off multiple yeah. times a day, week, right. month. Yeah. How how many yeah. is there? Is there like an average count yeah. or like? That's an interesting question. I know that with uh, with repeated ejaculations, you're actually getting less and less sperm in the ejaculation. So if you masturbated right. seven times a day, which would be a lot, yeah, right. By the seventh, don't think I've, yeah. I've ever gotten to seven in a day. <laughs> I'm sure when we were 13, you know, <laughs> we try, I, yeah. I know a lot of men out there have probably yeah. been like, I'm yeah, going to yeah. try this. Everyone's today. mentally thinking about their maximum. <laughs> Uh, if you're listening with another person, ask them what their maximum is. Um, so the amount of sperm coming out in the semen, which is the liquid, would actually get progressively lower and lower and okay. lower. Um, so I would guess, and this is, take this with a huge grain of salt, I would guess that you probably have 50 to 100 million sperm counts wow. right now. Okay. I would guess, but but that should actually come from a doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and I, I will say to note, on the instructions from yeah. Legacy, Yeah. It wanted me to sustain from masturbation for Correct. three to five days. Correct. Yeah, okay. that's kind of the optimal window. Interestingly, some people think that uh, abstaining for longer is better, but actually at some point you end up having a lot of dead sperm in your sample. 
Wow. And so you actually two to seven is kind of the broad ends of the, ends of the range. But yep. you know we've had what twenty five thirty thousand people go through legacy at this point. So we know with a high degree of confidence three yep. to four days of abstinence is the optimal amount of abstinence. Um, and this is also in line with scientific literature that validates basically yeah. the work we do, which is yes, it is three to four days of abstinence. Yeah, and then another thing yeah. to note too, just because I you know no lube. Yeah. No lube, no saliva, all of those can introduce bacteria into the sample. Got it. So for some people, it's a new experience. Cool. Yeah. All right. Um, this is where they start getting even lower. Okay. The mm -hmm. total, I need your help on it. Total is it modal? Modal, modal sperm so count. So total modal yep. sperm count. Is that mobility uh, or no? That is, I'll actually tell you the formula in a second, but fin Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. So mm -hmm. total modal count no. is 6.78 million swimming sperm. Mm -hmm. And it is on the... Yeah. pretty very low yeah. end. Yeah. So the, the formula for total modal count, and again, I will say, um, if you have millions of sperm that are swimming, that's still considered, you know, certainly usable for all forms of kind okay. of assisted reproduction. You're okay. still in the millions, not in the hundreds or thousands, right? Yep. Uh, but still, it is it is below the normal range. Total modal count is probably the most important factor to look at because it actually factors in um, the volume of sperm mm -hmm. that you're producing, the volume of semen that you're producing. Okay. It factors in the concentration of your sperm, so how much sperm per milliliter, and it factors in the count of your sperm. So it's basically saying, okay, you're producing this much sperm per milliliter, yes. right? Here's how many milliliters you're producing. Here's kind of the, you know, here's the motility of your sperm. And so here's kind of the total number of sperm that you have in your sample um, that is motile, i.e. that is swimming normally. Got it. And so, again, so at, at you know, 6.78 million, you're still producing millions of sperm that are swimming. It would be a little bit below the normal range, which would likely be around 20 million. Okay. Yeah. Um, I want to get to the one box that I was yeah. proud of myself because sure. it's the only box in here that mm -hmm. says normal. Yeah. And that is the volume of mm -hmm. semen. Yeah. So, I mean, I know okay. semen's not really useful, yeah. but my volume was good mm -hmm. at 2.25 mm -hmm. mil yep. milliliters. Uh, milliliters, yeah. So you, you typically want to be producing between one and six milliliters of semen. That's kind of considered normal. Okay. Too much is actually bad. If, you, if you're producing more than six milliliters, that actually could be reflective of a condition uh, that an andrologist or a doctor would want to look at. So sperm doesn't want to swim yeah. in an ocean. It wants to swim in like a little <laughs> puddle or pond. It's more, it's more that um, kind of hyperproduction of semen is actually uh, indicative of a potential condition, like a potential genetic oh, condition. Okay. Uh, so you are, you're good, you're in the clear, you're producing a normal amount. That's great. Got it. Yeah. Great. Good job, Colton. <laughs> All right, back to the lows. Yeah. Um, concentration. Mm -hmm. I had 12.97 million sperm mm -hmm. per milliliter of semen. Mm -hmm. And that is, it was slightly in the, on the low section. It wasn't yeah. the, the worst of, of yeah. my numbers. Mm -hmm. But can you yeah. talk through sort of, so is that just as mm -hmm. compared to the amount of semen mm -hmm. comparing to the amount of sperm? Correct. So actually, okay. you can back into this figure if we know that you are producing. Um, 29.7 million sperm, yep. and we know that the semen is about 2.25 milliliters. The concentration is actually just how much sperm per milliliter. So okay. if you divide 29.7 by 2.25, you're going to end up with 12.97, uh, which is which would be your concentration. Okay. Yeah. Motility, um, mm -hmm. which is this yep. is the movement of my sperm, mm -hmm. was at 23.24 percent. Mm -hmm. It is in the low section yep. um, by quite a bit. Yeah. So what is yeah. what do you want to see with that number? Yeah. 
Typically with motility, uh, you'd want to figure that's more in the 40 to 50% range. Typically, okay. you know, ideally higher than that. When you're using a mail-in kit like ours, there will be a nominal decrease in motility just as it's on our way, on its way to the lab. So I would actually probably want to increase that number by, you know, call it five or 10%. Yep. Uh, it would still be a little bit below the, below the normal range. But again, I mean, we see, again, we've seen 25, 30,000 patients. We see a lot of patients whose motility is, you know, 1%. Got 2%. It. When you're talking single digits, it's really concerning. Yeah. Um, if you're in the tens of the percent, right, 23%, mm-hmm. um, that would still be considered, you know, good enough to go for, for natural intercourse. Right. Um, again, it is below the normal range, but with all the caveats around, you know, yeah. you can be below the quote unquote normal um, semen parameters. You could be what's considered kind of subfertile, quote unquote, uh, still have a child naturally. Mm-hmm. And it's actually, I mean, it, it's important for me to take a second to to comment on the fact that a semen analysis is an imprecise estimate of your fertility. We see men who have phenomenal sperm numbers. Um, you know, one of my investors actually had almost a billion sperm counts. Wow. Uh, I sadly cannot share names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, almost a billion sperm count who actually wasn't able to conceive uh, for almost a year with his partner, even though you would imagine that that person is hyper fertile. Right. And we've seen men whose samples are extremely poor um, yeah. and still able to conceive. So this is all meant to be kind of an indicator of your overall fertility and an estimate of how long it might take you to naturally conceive. Got it. Uh, so if you're in the, you know, so if your motility was one or two percent, it certainly possible you might not be able to have right. a child with years of trying. It's also it's ultimately a game of numbers, right? So yep. maybe there's a one percent chance, and you, you know, that one month is your one percent. Yeah. So well, I saw twenty three percent. I was yeah. happy because yeah. my when I first started this yeah. in the clinic, hmm. it was not a great number. Really? Okay. So, so um, good improvement. Improvement. Yeah, um, morphology. So morphology, the last one, I was at 1%. So 1%. of my sperm are shaped yeah. normally. So yeah. I have a lot of odd-looking sperm. <laughs> sure. Is that sure. accurate? <laughs> is that common? What What is... It's morphology. I have weird sperm. Yeah. <laughs> so first of all, everyone has weird sperm. Okay. So the normal morphology range would probably be about 4% or higher. Okay. There's a few different ways of assessing morphology. The numbers have changed slightly over the years, but call it 4%. Uh, I, by the way, like you, consistently have low morphology. My morphology, yeah. my normal morphology is usually in the uh, 2 or 3%, which is below the normal range of 4%. Interesting. Uh, so just sharing that as well, which I don't, which I don't typically share. Well, I want to say yeah. too, because I follow yeah. you guys on Instagram, yeah. obsessed, yeah. <laughs> G- at, at Give Legacy for those wondering. Yeah. Give Legacy Inc. Give Inc. Legacy Inc. Give yeah. Legacy Inc. <laughs> yeah. um, mm. Sperm can have two heads. Correct. So, so that's, that's I what saw, I, I saw an yes, image on, on your Instagram. 100%. So, so the vast majority of sperm that is produced is abnormal. Okay. And it can have two heads. It can have a super long tail. It can have a misshapen head. Uh, I mean, there's all kinds of interesting ways that sperm can turn out. The vast, vast majority of any person's sperm is not normal. Uh, but there is a natural selection process. So morphology is arguably the least understood of semen parameters because there is inherently a natural selection type of process that is happening when the sperm is kind of making its way to the egg. So what happens if you have misshapen sperm, that sperm is simply just not gonna make it. Right. And there's there's increasing scientific evidence that the egg actually kind of chooses the sperm. Right? Oh. And this is kind of a more, it's a more nascent understanding. Like allows it in? Kind of, yeah. So, so there, there, there's a belief that actually the egg is involved in choosing which sperm it's going to allow in. So it's not going to allow one in with two This whole time I thought I was a winner. Yeah. I mean, uh, I thought I, I raced to the egg and I won. Maybe the egg chose you. Oh, so that, that. that still makes you a winner. I'm a chosen it one. It still makes you a winner. Um, and so, you know, so, so morphology is 
um, considered by doctors, urologists, andrologists to be the least informative typically. Uh, and so that's why I personally have never worried too much about my two to three percent morphology. Um, you know, again, um, you know, with one percent, it's certainly on the lower range, but yeah. it is the least understood. It means you have slightly more abnormal sperm than the average guy, but wow. most guys have extremely abnormal sperm. Got it. Yeah. So I should feel okay with that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. yes, yes, subjectively. Yeah. Got it. Well, this yeah. is, I mean, uh, to have that access, to have that data. Yeah. Back on my phone within forty-eight hours incredible. was yeah. incredible. Yeah, and then now I'm looking at next steps. I know yeah. I'm getting another kit right now because awesome. I want to start working. Nice. And taking some mm -hmm. supplements. And even right. though, mm -hmm. you know, I've already done it, I, mm -hmm. I just think it's an indicator of health. Right. It so I, yeah. Well, so 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 I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because it's something I wanted to touch on, which is um, sperm is a biomarker of your health, right? And we talked about it a little bit earlier on, um, but sperm is actually predictive of. Um, cardiovascular disease, mm. certain types of cancer, uh, diabetes. Um, there was even a study that showed that if um, your longevity, like your mortality rates are affected by how good or not good your sperm quality is. So in other words, your sperm can even predict how long you are to live. Wow. Um, there is so much we don't know about sperm yet. There's so much to learn, but we do know that sperm is generally reflective of your overall health. Um, and we do know that you know when you're young and you're healthy, freeze it. Yeah. Well, and I know, yeah. so on here too, there's a yeah. bunch of other information as far as mm -hmm. DNA fragment, right. fragmentation. Did we do a DNA fragmentation? No, so it okay. says not included, not there's included. A, and yeah. buy another kit. So yeah. I want to talk through some of the other products sure. too, because yeah, now it. that I've gone down this, this was yeah. so easy <laughs> sure. and useful and resourceful yeah. for me. Yeah. So what is DNA fragmentation analysis? Yeah. So DNA fragmentation, actually, we're the only company that offers this on a mail-in basis. Uh, we are able to evaluate the basically the DNA integrity of your sperm. So in other words, how much DNA damage there is to your sperm. Mm. And this to me is fascinating because we know that your DNA fragmentation scores are associated with things like miscarriages. So if a couple has okay. a miscarriage more than once, your doctor will typically recommend, hey, test for DNA fragmentation. It's possible yep. that your sperm looks healthy on the outside, but actually on the inside has a lot of damaged sperm that is Got preventing it. it from like successfully fertilizing an egg that will turn into a healthy uh, a healthy pregnancy outcome. Got it. Uh, and so it's something that we're able to test for. And what's so interesting to me is I would suspect, I want to preface this by saying this is not you know scientifically evidenced yep. yet, um, but I would confidently say that I would guess DNA fragmentation rates have been going up and up and up over the years mm. because it's associated with things like chemical exposures. Right? And we are surrounded by BPAs and phthalates and plastics and all the stuff that is in our bloodstream. Yep. We are, there's Dr. Shana Swan, a uh, prolific researcher in the space, said that we ingest about a credit card's worth of microplastics every, I think it's every week, um, which is like just a terrifying thing. And this stuff is so bad for us. Through food, um, I mean, I've, I've researched yeah. that as oh, well, yeah. and it's, oh, yeah. it's alarming and shocking. It is, it's, it's terrifying, and there's so little you can do right. you know, to, to, to address it. But yeah, it's just, it's our modern life. So I would guess that DNA damage rates have gone up over the years, uh, yeah. but it is, some, it is something we offer for people who want to know how much DNA damage is in Got their it. sperm. And then just curious, because yeah. for those freezing with your mm. services as well, yeah. do you guys integrate into specific mm. clinics and, mm. and transfers, or yeah. is, it, is everybody accept a legacy, yeah. or is it you need to talk Pretty to your doctor much. about it? I mean, you should always talk to your doctor about it. I will say your doctor is always going to want you to do it with them, right? right? So even uh, my brother, uh, and I hope he doesn't mind me sharing this, uh, but my brother had used legacy uh, a long time back, and when he went in for a semen analysis at his local clinic, yep. his doctor wanted him to do it again. 
not that they didn't not i mean our, our kids extremely scientifically validated but a yeah. clinician wants you to do it with them on site in their own way so you know yeah. um but i will say we have had hundreds of withdrawals of people using their samples for pregnancies uh, we coordinate very closely with clinics and we've worked with all the largest clinics across the country um, and so, you know, we have a team that handles the withdrawal process. There's a million forms you have to sign. Yeah. There's a million things you need to do. Uh, but absolutely, at any point, I forgot the exact number. I think it's, you have to give our team, I think it's 10 days heads up. Okay. Um, and we'll coordinate everything. Transfers and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll ship it across the country. We've shipped internationally. Uh, we actually recently shipped a sample to Nigeria, funnily yeah. enough. Uh, that yeah. one person in Nigeria it that was, needed your there help. Was, there was one week where we were shipping to Cyprus, Nigeria, and Russia, I think, in a one-week period. Because so, there's a... Yeah. Um, there's a clinic. So someone had done it with us in the U.S. Okay. And then they had moved abroad and okay. wanted it shipped to their clinic there. Yeah. So Well, one thing that yeah. I learned, at least about mm. embryos, and I don't know mm. if this is true about sperm, yeah. it's actually... Mm more beneficial to implement mm. a, a frozen mm. embryo mm -hmm. or there's a better success, I okay. should say, mm. with a frozen embryo mm. than it is just like live and right away. Oh, interesting. I Maybe would, I'm misspeaking on I that. Would, I would guess the reason for that is because you can do all kinds of genetic testing on the embryo. So you would actually no. screen out unhealthy embryos and then implant healthy ones. Okay. So. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, thank you for this. Okay, cool. yeah. This has been incredible. Yeah. I want to ask... What mm. would be one mm. piece of advice that you mm. can give to parents out there? It's a two-part question. Okay. Because I think you're qualified for both. <laughs> sure. What what piece of a question mm. or what piece of advice would you mm. give to parents out there? And also okay. what piece of advice would you mm. give to people trying yeah. and those people trying mm. have not been successful yet? Yeah. Great questions. I mean, I, I mentioned that I had, a, I had a folder in college of kind of parenting tips and tricks, and one always stayed with me in particular, which was with your children, uh, you want to reward uh, and, and praise hard work, not outcomes. Hmm. And so you have a lot of kids that are, let's say you're born naturally smart, you do really well on tests, and your parents keep praising you for your test results. Yeah. The day that you start doing badly on tests, you're just gonna get so demotivated because you've been taught all your life that like the grade is what matters. If you praise your child for the hard work and the effort they put in, not necessarily the outcome, then they're more likely to persevere in the future when they're faced with obstacles. So that one always stayed with me. There's a ton of there's a ton of studies behind it. Um, so praise your kids for their work, not just for the outcomes. So I think Incredible. that's great. And then for couples that are thinking about having kids and have been trying, I mean, the biggest thing I would say is you are very much not alone. It affects about one in six couples. I guarantee you there's people in your life who have faced something similar, even if even if they haven't told you about it yet. Um, and it's just give yourself grace. It's tough. Yeah. People don't talk enough about mental health during the process of trying to conceive. Um, it's very stressful. And it's particularly difficult if you're hearing baby announcements from people in your life, pregnancy announcements from people in your life, you know? So just um, give yourself grace, give yourself compassion, remind yourself that you are not alone. Um, and also know that lower stress is actually associated with positive uh, pregnancy outcomes. So, mm. um, you know, the, the, the less you focus on the stress of it, actually the more likely you are to be able to conceive. Uh, and then our chief medical officer would, would, um, uh, would berate me, I think, if I didn't also mention, make sure you talk to your doctor, make sure you're both getting tested, uh, and make sure you understand where you're at from a fertility perspective. Well, I can't tell you, yeah. Khaled, that's like, for me, yeah. that was one of the biggest things. I, I left yeah. just, I had so much anxiety. Yeah, of and course. I was, of course. I was stressed out because I was like, yeah. oh, 
you know, my husband's already frozen his. Yeah. The pressure was then put yeah. on me. So yeah. not that I could ever experience the yeah. female's perspective in this, sure. but like all of a sudden I'm like, oh, now yeah. it's it's my turn. Like yeah. I have to perform. I have to like figure this out over yeah. these next few months. Yeah. And I talked to my therapist about it. Yeah, of course. Just because like the anxiety yes. and yeah. it's, it, it it's becomes... It's very real. It's it becomes real. a much larger... Yeah. It, be, it became a very... Yeah. big conversation in our house yeah and yeah, of i mean we're two men yeah. so we don't even have to like time yeah. things up and yeah, get yeah. ready like <laughs> we have it easy on the yeah. grand you know on the a grand, grand scale scheme grand scheme of things yeah yeah so yeah and i would say to anyone make sure you listen to all the episodes on colton's podcast <laughs> thank you so much is there anything else you want to touch on yeah. that we didn't get into yeah. or if you are in the military you are covered you can use our services if you are at an employer that offers fertility benefits. Uh, we cover about 15 million employees who are wow. able to get our product through their employer. If you have insurance coverage anywhere in the United States, you are likely to have insurance coverage for legacy. We're covered in all 50 states with many major insurers. Um, so there's many ways to get access to legacy. Uh, obviously, always reach out. Uh, we're, we're there to help. And, and um, the last thing I would say is uh, talk about sperm. Talk about sperm. Amen That's that. why... Uh, I bought the URL spermking.com a few years ago. And I always say, you know, you have questions, go to the Sperm King. It's a, give us, it, I'm going to go to the Sperm King now right it, after this. It, re, it actually redirects to my LinkedIn. Okay, okay, got it, got it, got it. Well, then you've already listened yeah, to the Sperm yeah. King if, if you're here on that. But I, yeah. I will say I yeah. have, yeah. I, I would call it early on confided yeah. in people because it True. was, I carried a lot of shame and I was sort of, of shy about it and now yeah. obviously I'm hosting a podcast all about this yeah. and yeah, you you swung in the other direction I, I did love it but it took it. me a while you. it took it, it, I've been yeah. on this for a year and a half and I'm like wait yeah. why do I yeah. feel shame I was like there, uh, yeah. there I've now talked to yeah. I would say close to hundreds of people yeah men yeah who are like oh yeah me too yeah, yeah. and and then I'm like well then why can't we just talk about this normally then if it, if it's if it's not that yeah. so Thank you so much for all of thank you. The thank you for having me. Thank helpful, you for your openness. Yeah, I yeah. mean, all the information too is super helpful for a lot uh, yeah. for a lot of people out there. So Phenomenal. thank you so much for joining me. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Right What's up, guys? If you want more exclusive behind the scenes content, more access to me, all of the fun things, sign up for my Patreon right here. We'll link it out. Promise you, you do not want to miss this. Head on over and join me on Patreon. Daddy Hood with Colton Underwood and Daddy Hood is so often misunderstood and Daddy Hood is so precious and good. The ride of your life is Daddy Hood.